There we go. Hello, folks. Welcome to the broadcast. John Saxbury of Bible Now. Um, today we're talking about transformation in this new in this year-long message that the Lord gave me. It's called Breakout. This today is about transformation. We're, I'm going right through the next couple of months. I'm going completely through the Book of Acts. I'm totally going through it. I'm going through from bumper to taillights. It's not in chronological order, but I'm going to go through each each part of it in in, in sequence and in a puzzle. And then as you see, as you see this throughout all these messages that I'm preaching, you'll see how the puzzle pieces come together. Amen. Oh. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts, in the book of Acts chapter 9. This is being some, I've been watching so many amazing, ama amazing meetings through Surge. The Ministers, Le Fall Ministers Leaders Conference through Revival Ministers International. Through Dr. Rodney, he is just, he is more on fire than he's ever been. I mean, there is something, it's something, God is doing something in our nation. It's not just him, it's other, it's happening every other places, too. I mean, revival's taking, revival's exploding. This is an explosion. This is an explosion of an awakening, the, the call of repentance, to bring our nation on our knees, to, to awaken us. We need an awakening. We need a great move of God. We need a mighty move of God. I mean, we, we mean, we, I mean, people are ticked off because I'm preaching revival. It's, it's, it's just, that's just life, folks. The Bible says you're either, neither either cold or hot, but you're lukewarm and I shall spew you out of my mouth. I mean, you get toward people, people, the problem is, is you get people that are, that are too long, too been in church so long that it just becomes normal to them. It just becomes, it doesn't become real to them anymore. It just becomes just a routine. Go in there, show up, do your time, get out. Show in there, show up, do your time, get out. That kind of thing. It doesn't, they, it doesn't, it, it, it starts to stagnate. And they start to harbor, it starts to heart, they, they try to harbor themselves in it with the other believers and not bring in new believers. And after a while, that 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 when you become a a lake, a lake, a lake, a lake that doesn't have a lake is a, a lot of lakes. I don't know if you noticed the bigger lakes. When you have a big lake and it's got like a little bit of a flow to it, like from a river where it starts out a river and they and they flood a area section of the river and they have a dam at the end. They let a little bit of water trickle out, a little bit here and there, and that water just stays and that water keeps getting replenished. Things are all right. People are. It's basically still a river, but it's flooded. But when you got a lake that doesn't flow anywhere and it stays in one place, eventually that water begins to stagnate, and it, that lake that that lake of fresh water eventually becomes a swamp. We don't need to be. We don't. The church doesn't need to be a swamp. The church needs to be a mighty river, an ever flowing river, coming from the throne of God. Down to our hearts, it, I mean, it flows down from for for us, so we can live in that river. That river, that river is meant for us. We, we're, our church, the, the church is meant to be in the river. 
I know I'm not. That's not part of my notes. But what I'm saying is, we're, we we've got to we got to we got to be staying refreshed, staying renewed, staying keep contending for the things of God. Just because we had a touch once doesn't mean we just let it go. We got to keep constantly getting touched because we got to still keep filling that bucket up in heaven. It's about filling up, pour out, fill up, pour out, fill up, pour out, fill up, pour out, fill up, pour, pour, fill up, report. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Fill up, report, pour out, repeat. Write that down. Just write that down on a piece of paper. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Write that down on a piece of paper and put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your stove. Put it on your mirror in your bathroom. Write it in with that dry erase on, the, on your mirror in your bathroom. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Fill up, pour out, repeat. Basically, what the church is about is supposed to be about. You know, this tub can hold twenty-four ounces, or it can hold an eternal well. It's about as much as we're supposed to be pouring out. You know, Bible says, "I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh." I will pour out. God wants to pour out in order to, for that. When he, when, in order for God, when get when Peter said that, when God, when he said that, when that outpouring happened in the day of Pentecost in the upper room, it's because the people in that in that room were on their knees praying and filling their filling their bucket up and pour. And God, after after a certain amount of days, it poured. God poured it out and it saturated the heart of men. Get what I'm saying? And then with that, we have to have transformation. Sometimes we need an encounter with God, and this is where I'm. This is where I come. This is where I come to speak about about the encounter with God. I was going to speak on transformation. I think this is more about an encounter. We need an encounter with God. People are people don't people are in need of an encounter with God. Acts chapter nine verse one. Let my eyes settle for a minute. But but Saul still breathing threats and murder, murder against the disciples, and the Lord went to the high priest, and uh, and the disciples of the Lord. Wait a minute, hold on. But Saul still breathing threats and murder against the, the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that it is so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women the to to the way, men or women he might bring them bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as, <clears throat> now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and, and falling to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting, why are you persecuting me? And he said, 
Who are you, Lord? Um, hello, Paul. Right there, Paul knew right then and there. Uh, I want your attention. It was like God saying, I want your attention. I want it now. Why are you persecuting? Why, who, who are you, Lord? <clears throat> who are you, Lord? I mean, think about that. Who are you, Lord? I mean... Paul, Paul's probably shaking in his pants. He's probably he's, he's probably wanting to change his B, D, BBDs or his fruit looms by now. Because when the when the power when when the, when you have an encounter with God, trust me, it's no la, it's no joke. Trust me, I've had an encounter with God. I was trying to I was trying I just wanted to run away from things. I just didn't want to have nothing to do with life. I thought this is it. I'm done. Stick a fork in me. I'm done. And it was on. July 29th, 1997, that power of God hit me, and I knew right then and there my whole entire purpose in life had totally changed into something totally different that, we, that God wanted me to go. And I, there was a new direction that God wanted me to go in. I mean, God, when you, when you have an encounter with God, He changes your direction, He changes everything about you. Matter of fact, it he he the, it goes on to say that his name went from became Saul to Paul. I mean, God hit him so hard, like Pastor Rodney said, he knocked the S off his name and put a P on there. God, God's in the God, God. When you have if you you we've got to press press in for an encounter with God in this nation. I mean, look at the conditions we're in, the things that are going on around us. The globalist liberal agenda, they, they're one to they're one to, to destroy our nation. The thing is is we need to we need to pray for an encounter with God with these people. That these politicians haven't had have that encounter with God. That they that they, God convicts them and tells them they're wrong, or that God totally judges them for their actions. That God totally takes out takes them out of office, that removes them completely. I mean, this is serious stuff we're dealing with in our nation. This is not a joke. This is not a laugh. I mean, I'm doing all this. This is all for the Lord. Everything I do is here is a, is a is a is a result in a in in the byproduct of that encounter with God that I had in '97. Everything you see here, it's because I'm, I'm there, there's a there, we need to tell people there's a revival coming. The end is close. We're I mean, there's no mistake. We're we're in the last of the last days. We're living in the last of the last days. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if tomorrow we would be out of here at the trumpet sound. I'm sorry, I'm serious. The way things are going in our nation, the way things are happening prophetically, there's no way. There's no. There, there, there's too much going on. I mean, for thousands of years they they talked about this stuff, and you know the people. I mean, uh, and people want to walk around it, and then when it starts to happen. People that mock the Bible all these years, all of a sudden it starts to happen and people want to act like it's shocked. They're shocked about it. Oh, we're shocked about it because, oh, wait, wait, oh my God, it's ha oh no, it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. Well, duh, we've been trying to tell you. I mean, people don't want to listen. People, people in this, they, they, they have, they had, I mean, ignorance before daylight, as I want to call them. I mean, they'll argue, they'll, they'll, 
they believe that if you say the sun's yellow out there, they'll try to try to convince you it's black and blue. I mean, how I mean, how stupid can you be and still breathe? I mean, they're so narrow-minded. Like Pastor Rodney says, how they're so narrow-minded they could see through a keyhole with both eyes. I mean, that's a, this is the this is the mentality we're we're dealing with. And the, the the sad thing is, is we have that mentality in the church. There's nobody. People don't want an encounter with God because they're too. They got too much religious furniture. Too much religious furniture out there. So much idolatry and I mean and, and, and stuff that's just it's just a waste. It doesn't do nothing for the kingdom of God. I mean. I mean, there's so much waste in the in the kingdom of God that they 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 try they they try to they would rather have symbolism versus substance. We've got to have the substance of the presence of God. We've got to have the substance of the glory of God in our lives. We got to live in that glory cloud. And we got to stay in that glory cloud. We've got to keep the presence of God surrounding us 24/7. Look around. Look around us. Look, 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 look good. We're not in a good situation. The Bible says those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall have shelter in God Almighty. That means we have to stay in that presence of God 24-7 in our life. We've got to contend for a presence of God. The enemies have got us surrounded. I mean, I'm praying, and the Holy Spirit told me, don't worry about that 7,000, that caravan coming up to our borders. Because I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to handle it. I mean, we've, we've, we've. The the problem is in the church is we've we've grown we've grown cold. We've gotten used to, we've gotten accustomed, we've gotten comfortable. Okay, we got a forty minute service. We can be out of here, and and it's not the way it goes. I mean, you go to you go to uh, Bishop Adaboya's church, or. Edmond Kibuye or or even Bishop David Oyedepo. I mean, you, you go to their church, their church service is going all day. They, they spend like four to six hours in worship. We're, we're lucky if we sque let's squeeze in 20 of worship, throw 40 of the message and be out of here. The drive through We've got to get out of this mentality, church, where they're, 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 we, want it, we want things short and simple. We don't want to stay in the presence of God. We don't, want to, we don't want to honor the presence of God. We've got dry cleaning services now. We, I mean, it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten ridiculous. I mean, Jesus died on the cross to have short and simple. Versus spending time in the Holy Spirit. Let's just not talk about the offering. Let's just throw it off. It's just as important as the the giving message. Is just as important as the the regular message. In actuality, it, 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 it in a lot of ways, it's more important. It's about what we what we put out. We 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 don't know how to put nothing out anymore. We don't want to know how to put things in God's hands and give and give a, and give and what it's like to put things and put things down before Him on that altar. 
We don't want to go to the altar anymore. We don't want to encounter with God because we don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to make it uncomfortable for people. What part about that man's death was comfortable? You name it. You tell me. Tell me, any, I mean, please. Seriously, I mean, we've got to come back to this place, folks, where we're, where we're allowing the presence of God to flow through us again and allowing our hearts to be filled and the presence of God to be poured out where people are falling out of the power of God. They're laughing. They're getting touched by, they're getting healed by the word. The presence of God's here. People say, well, I just don't get all that laughter. I just don't get all that rolling on the floor. It ain't none of your business. It ain't for you to figure out. That's God's business, not yours. I mean, I know people get mad about me saying it, but still what? Somebody's got to stand up and say something. I mean, it's gotten, I mean, this is, this is, this has gotten crazy. I mean, churches don't want to do, don't want to get person the things of God. Well, we got other levels and programs we got going on. What do you can, what can you tell me that's better than being in the presence of Almighty God? Letting, letting the power of God flow. What? Tell me. I'd like to know. What's better than that? There's nothing better than that. I mean, yes, we have to preach the word on Sundays. Pastors have to preach the word on Sundays. Pastors got to get up there and speak on all the subjects and get that there's time for teaching and time for preaching. Yet there's time for the Holy Ghost, too. There should be time made for the Holy Spirit, too. The Holy Spirit to, made, to be to manifest. Everybody's in a hurry to go home. This newer, younger generation, I don't get it. Everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to go. Wants to go there. It's like, stop and settle. Stop. Stop. Rest in his presence. No wonder why, we're, no wonder why depression and anxiety is at its all-time high. Nobody honors the Holy Spirit. You honor the Holy Spirit, you don't have that. You don't have that those problems. Want to get want to get set free from anxiety and depression? Sorry, I didn't want to spit on my camera. Anyway, you want to get 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 get, the, get, get away get healed from anxiety and depression? Get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Turn Rodney Howard Brown on. Turn any any revival evangelist on. There's stuff from R.W. Schambach. There's stuff from Rod Parsley. There's stuff from uh, Lester Summerall. There's one or two recordings only of Smith Wigglesworth. But there's other. It, the, when the presence of God pours out, there's no. There's there's nothing. Nothing else can dwell within you. Nothing can attack you. Nothing else can stand in your midst except for God himself. Almighty God himself. I mean, we've got to come back to the, to the move of God. We've got to allow God to move. Let him be made manifest. Get the baptism. If you, if you, if you haven't had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Press in for it. God wants people... The only way you're going to get anything out of God is, or an encounter with God is if you have to put your actions first. you got to press in towards Him. It's called push. Pray, press in until something happens. Press in until something happens.
We've got to do that. It's not, I mean, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, ifs, ands, or buts about it. When you, when you, when you're pressing into the things of God, you're open, you're, um, you're putting, you're, you're telling God, okay, I am interested in what you have. Pastor Rodney got, gets in a meeting, 1979. God! Send your fire! Give me real here, kill me now! Give me... He was going on for hours and hours till his voice was heard, and then the next thing you know, wham! The presence of God hits him. He has an encounter with God. But what's that got to do... Well, well, how come he had to press in for that? Because, because in 1989, in Upstate New York, that he was, he was that encounter that that encounter with God came into play. Because out of nowhere, suddenly, it came a sound from heaven. Boom! That place was touched by the Holy Ghost. People, and then after after ever since then, every meeting he does, the presence of God pours out. People start laughing uncontrollably. People are falling out. He can't even explain. He's never been able to explain it. He don't know why. He's baffled himself to this day. He goes with Basil, Gil, all of them, all of them evangelists. They don't, they don't understand it. But they had to have that encounter for that to happen in our meetings. See, we have to have an encounter with God. We've got to press in for an encounter. People want to get their healed, healed of all this stuff. I mean, a lot of a lot of the problems we have in society, in our society, where people have control issues, because they've never had the, they've never had a touch from the Holy Spirit. They've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They never allowed the Holy Spirit to encounter them, and to, and where they where they handle relinquish all their control because they have trust issues. Because all those trust issues goes bye bye once you encounter God. Because you start trusting him. You gotta trust God. It's because people people nowadays don't trust God because they're so built on they're, they're, it's a social mentality that's in our society. And it's gotten to the point where it's just it it's all about let's who social who we can socialize with. Who how can we be popular? This is not a popularity contest for one. This is about laying our lives down, laying every bit of ourselves down on an altar and burning ourselves up. I mean, like I said, there's a reality TV mentality in the church. Gotta have the best every this and that. Gotta be dressed in a certain way, have all this pop music, and gotta be doing the right kind of dance, and you gotta do the, dot the right kind of T's, I mean, cross the right kind of T's, and dot the right kind of I's, that sort of thing. Gotta be, gotta be socially correct and everything. It's not about social correctness. God could care less about that. He could care less about what you own, about how much you. I mean, all this lavish. I mean, all this stuff. Even reality TV is not reality. I mean, the Kardashians. I mean, they, what you don't see on when they they try to make them out where they're always home and they're always there and they're always together and always doing this that's only a small portion of the very small portion of life them girls are all working full-time jobs they got department stores they got stuff going there's stuff out there they got i mean it's just a small thing 
it's not that I'm defending them, which I'm just saying reality TV isn't reality. That ain't the reality. That ain't, that ain't what it's like when you're trying to be popular. You're not. A, it's not. This ain't about being popular. It's about drawing all men so they know they may know they may know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and so they may have that encounter with God. This is this is not about us. We don't go to church to benefit just us, and that's it. We just go in there, and it's all about benefiting us and what we can receive out of it, what we're getting out of it. My family's getting out of it. I get a position, and I get this, I get that, I get this, and me, 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 what about me, what about me? Like Joyce Meyer did, that, that robot thing. What about me, what about me, what about me, what about me? That still cracks me up to this day. What about me, what about me, what about me, what about me? When you have an encounter with God, what about me goes away. That, that, want, that, ability, that, that, that craving to want to draw attention to yourself. I mean, too many people in this society, they want to draw attention to themselves. They're out to draw attention. Draw attention to, what the, to, what, to who they are and how big they can get. I mean, you're, you're, the Bible says to die to yourself. We have to die to ourselves. We have to, we have to solely surrender who we are on the altar to sacrifice ourselves and let God raise us up. I mean, this is not about us. This is about Jesus. This is about souls. This is about people coming to have an encounter with God for our nation to be shaken to the core with revival. I mean, people wanted to run revival out. They've tried running revival out. You can't shake a move of God for once. For one. Second, people don't like revival because it, does, it removes the furniture that they like the most. It burns out everything. It takes out everything. It takes out your favorite car. If your house catches on, put it this way. You have a house, a custom, a $3 million mansion. You have all those sports cars in it and antique muscle rides parked in all, the, in, all up in the garage of it. You have the finest furniture from the top quality makers. You've got all the finest jewelry in it, all the finest... Clothes and dishes, housewares, you name it in that thing. And a lightning hits it and it strikes it and burns it to the ground. And it, anything in there, it's, it's no selector of persons to it. burns it all out. There's nothing but an empty shell. And that's what revival is meant to do. Too many people have too many trinkets, too many idols of their soul that they hold on to. They don't want to let go of that because when they when they let go when they if they let go of it, that means they're not going to have the identity that they once had. The problem is, is everybody wants an identity. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in anything else. It's not in what you do. It's not in what you. It's not about being liked and wanted and accepted. It's knowing that you're His, and that you're confident and content in Christ. I mean, people don't. People don't have content. People aren't. People think contentment's wrong. I mean, people. People don't know how to be content anymore, and, and just dwell with and dwell with dwell with Jesus. What's that mean to dwell in that place of peace and joy, where you don't need anything else in life, where you just sit there and you can just it's just you and Him. 
It's in that eternal peace and that eternal joy. People say, well, I'm happy. I don't need, I, well, why do I need joy for? I'm, I'm already happy. Happiness is a temporary thing. Happiness is very, very temporary. Happiness only lasts for a little bit. Happiness is deceiving. Joy is something, it's a residual, it's an eternal state of peace and happiness, and it's an eternal state of, in an eternal state of, where you just, you just let him go. It's like getting underwater and you just sit up there and letting the water carry you down in the, in the inside of a river, underground, underwater, I mean, under the surface. And just letting it wait to, to take you down. And it's like there's a peace underneath that water. And that peace and that water that surrounds you is the Holy Spirit. And it carries you to your destination. Yeah, the, the, the banks may have twists and turns and bends and they have shallow spots. But in the end, that river will wind up to its destination. And if you, and if you, abide, if you abide in Jesus the way you're supposed to, and allow that encounter to work in your life. And allow that encounter to take place. And allow that encounter to be made manifest in your life. You can, you, you will get to your destiny. That's what it's all about. I mean, people work too hard to try to try to identify, get, get themselves identified. I mean, our, our identities in Christ. Pastor Rick Shelton's taught on this many times. The identity of Christ. Your identity is not in what you do. It's your it's the who that's on the inside of you. Joyce has even said it. It's not what you do. It's what's who you allow on the inside of you. Who that, that who who is on that inside of you? Whosoever shall abide in him shall have shelter. And safety and refuge from the storm. Allow that encounter with God to, to happen. Press into it. Allow and if you if you if you're not doing, it, keep call, calling out. If you got to fast, fast. I'm a I'm a fan of fasting. I haven't done it in quite some time because of my health, but I it it's this it's it's good for you. you got to press into the things of God because when you don't press into the things of God. You don't contend for an encounter with God. Destruction is inevitable. It is. It's inevitable. Why do you think that all these Christian art, these people that started out as Christian artists, went out? They got out of the presence of God, and they went out there and started getting involved in stuff, and they wind up living in sin. Katy Perry was a worship leader. Now she believes in satanic rituals. Um, she believes that, 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 that pedophilia is good. I mean, this was a this was a girl that came from the Christian family that slipped out of the presence of God so she can go out and because she wanted to pursue her success and had and they, and had some atheistic producer that talked her out of her Christianity. That's the enemy trying to do to you. They try to talk you out of your identity. The enemy, like in Luke chapter four. He tried to talk Jesus out of who he is, who he is, out of his identity. How to question our own identity? Don't ever let nobody 
question your identity ever. Because when you let the enemy question your identity, destruction is is is, is down, bound to happen. You're going to lead down that road that's that's of eternal hell and that 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 that's beyond what God can reach. Because you're so far into the thing, you don't know how to stop going. Stop. Shut that treadmill off. And come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's, if that's you. Get back into the things of God. Press in. Don't ever leave the things of God. Ever. Well, it's only in certain times of day that you should be able to do that. You should do that. No, you, the Bible says to be praying without ceasing. To worship without ceasing, to stay in his presence without ceasing. It's in the Bible. It is written. It's written in here. It's in here. It's in these scriptures. It's in this word. You gotta have an encounter with God. You should receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You should be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem today and the uttermost parts of the earth. That means you should do the work of ministry. Being a witness is being a is being a, is a doer of the work of God. Is a worker of you're you're a worker in the field. It says I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and it talks about ministry. Everybody's young and old, from newborn to ninety nine, or a hundred. We're all called in the ministry. It ain't just a favorite few. And I understand there's people watching this, and there's pastors that's hearing this, and it's making you mad. I could care less. I'm glad it makes you mad, because you need to be convicted. Because it's convicting you, and it's pulling at you. And you, and you know you're doing wrong. You don't just harbor in just a couple favorites, and then let them have their favorites, and then that's it. Because them the pastors that do that, they're normally the, the associate pastors and not the senior pastors because the senior pastors want are contending for a move of God and normally the, the associate pastors don't like it so they form a coup against the pastor and form their favorite circles. They get their, all their, they get their favorite circles going and after they get their favorite circles going they slowly but surely start undermining that senior pastor so there's nothing left. That's how the enemy works. That's full, that's the enemy working. That's not that's not God. And they, and they have enough nerve to start a church after they cause a church split, <laughs> and then they go off and they, they, they and two years later their ministry's up in smoke and they're barely limping. They stay alive. So they keep their head above water. They can barely keep their head above water because they're gasping for air, because they're they're they're, they're they're in the wrong river. They're in a swamp. And that swamp water, that swamp water is nasty. I mean, this is this is the truth. It's the Bible. I mean, what we what am I supposed to do? Sugarcoat this? I can sugarcoat this. I can make this look look pretty. I can make this look. I can act. I can sit there and not, and say and and make it all nice and ornate and oh, man.
forth in peace. No. I'm not doing that. God spoke to me. He says, don't be afraid. He told me this morning. He says, John, you need to stop being, stop worrying about whose foot you're going to run over. It's not you running over their feet. It's me and I'm using you to run over them feet, their feet. They're, they're wearing religious shoes. What are religious shoes? Religious shoes are shoes that don't fit. Religious shoes are too heavy. Religious shoes are stuck to the floor. And it gives people the sense that they're walking. They're in a walk when they're really standing still. Time to take off those religious shoes. I mean, we, we've gotten on in our religious shoes where, where we can't, then the church has gotten its religious shoes and they're stuck there. And they, and they think they're walking away and they think they're just, it's like, and it's almost like being on a treadmill. It's a deception. It's a, it's a false sense of achievement. It's a false sense of doing something. It's like, you ever seen those games um, that, that's linked to Facebook called Candy Crush and uh, Candy Crush Soda, Farm Heroes, and all those other games. Those, those are created that gives a false sense of accomplishment. Give people a false sense of some of, a, of accomplishment that they're actually going to win at something. Actually, there's no there's no final level on those games. I don't know if you ever knew that or not. They just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. It makes people think that they're actually going to achieve some goal when they just keep going and going and going and going. It's just like a rat on a wheel. I mean, some religious people, the hamster's dead and the wheels are still turning. I mean, I could sit there, like I said, I could sit there and sugarcoat this. Encounter with God. Paul encountered with God. It says, Paul, why, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are, per are persecuting. But arise. And enter the city that you, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice that, but seeing no one, Saul arose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing, so they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate or drank. I wouldn't be able to eat or drink either. If I was out killing God's people and God himself showed up. <laughs> talking, about, talking about it's your bad day. Talking about a bad day. I mean, you you, you done screwed up bad. When, when the Lord himself has to come and tell you, hey, you've been killing my people. You've been killing my people. You've been persecuting my people. What's wrong with you, boy? You're about to get a beatdown. I'm about to lay one on you. You straighten up or fly, straighten up, fly right, or straighten up or crash. Fly right or crash, or however that was said. I'm, I used to say it perfect when I was a kid. 
straighten up or ship out. Is what they want. One of the terms they said. I'll ship you out to, to a place you ain't gonna want. You're out there, people out there, you're out there slamming people for doing the call of God on their life. People out there slamming people. You're, you're, you're sitting up there criticizing somebody for what they're preaching. You're slandering them because you're going to go behind their back because you want to gossip about them because you don't like what they're preaching. They're preaching revival. God's got a, God's got a place where you touch not my anointing nor do my prophets no harm. When they come against, when you come against a minister, when you're out there backbiting a minister and backstabbing him and, and, and mocking the work he does, you're in serious trouble. You attack a you attack a minister for the stuff that he's preaching. Your days are over. God's no longer able to use you. Your days are you you're just basically wasted. I mean, you got. I mean, you you think people think that because they've been in church thirty plus years that they that they're exempt from the rules. You've got another thing coming. You ain't exempt from nothing. You ain't entitled to nothing. Well, I'm entitled to this and I'm entitled to that. What you got with your what you think you're entitled to when the day you became born again was crucified and died and murdered on that cross. You were killed on that cross. It was killed on that cross. It was no longer, it had become dead. It's dead to you. You're what you're entitled to you is dead to you. It doesn't exist anymore. It's cast as far as from the east as to the west. So what dip, what, so who do, who do people, I mean, all I gotta say is that the people who attack a minister, you attack a minister for doing the work of God and how he does it and how he preaches and what he's preaching, who do you think you are? Seriously. Who? Who do you think you really are? Who do you think you are? You didn't call call people to preach the gospel. You can't call nobody. You could you could hardly call anybody on a telephone. So you're gonna sit there and cr criticize him because he's not doing it the way you want. Too many itching of the ears nowadays. Too many people wanting this. This done. They want it, They want their feathers stroked the right way. My my pastor used to say it. My pastor said it perfectly in church. My our founding pastor Rick Sheldon. He said it perfectly. If the cat don't like it the way its fur is being rubbed, let it turn around and go the other way. I'm tired of holding back the the, the message that God has given me and placed in my heart. Because I gotta worry about it making other people mad. You wanna get mad about what I'm preaching and how I'm preaching this message? Go ahead. I'll buy you a stock in Kleenex. I'll buy it for you personally. And I'll have it delivered to your home. Just leave your name and number, leave your name and address in my in my inbox, and I'll be happy to get that Kleenex out to you. I mean, I'm serious. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm done with. I'm done with with tickling people's feet. Tickle your own feet. I'm not putting up with that. I'm not called to do that. I'm called to proclaim this word. People say, "Well, his messages and this and that, and there his messages. It's not right." I mean, it's like 
So, and I'm, and I'm bothered by that how. I mean, I'm supposed to sit there and neglect people from, here, from receiving their encounter because other people don't want an encounter themselves and they want to live in a stagnant religious life. I mean, this is, this is how, this is, that's the way it goes, folks. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating things anymore. You want to sugarcoat things? Knock yourself out. Do it yourself. I'm, don't, don't expect it to come out of me. Because it ain't happening. We must contend for an encounter with God. You want signs, wonders, and miracles happening throughout your life? You want an encounter with God? You gotta, you gotta have an encounter with. I mean, you gotta have that encounter. The Bible, it's a, it's a, it's actually a commandment in the New Testament from from God Himself. You, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me. Thou shall be witnesses unto me. It's, it's he's, he's commanding you to go out and preach, go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you are a born-again believer, a true born-again believer, you have a call of ministry on your life. Bottom line, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No questions asked. That's how it goes. That's the, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And you see these associate pastors that go around teaching people that think that, they, that it's all about the favorite few. You've got another thing coming, bud. You are you are played you are playing you are playing uh, Russian roulette. You're playing games with God. You're you're just you're pushing off God's people. You're 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 robbing them of what they have cut the of their the, the true calling, the divine calling on their life, because you have your favorite few. And I speak to those social circles in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, be broken up, be disbanded, and be scattered abroad. I rebuke this in Jesus' name. This is not about socialism, social life, social social uh, a social life, the social a social mindset versus a fellowship. A fellowship is when we become we we share each other, and share each other to the point where we're, where we're bringing other people in and figuring out way other ways to bring other people in and encouraging each other and building each other up. Social life is you're telling each other what they want to hear. You don't let nobody else in. You don't let nobody nobody come into that circle, that that tight circle that you have. And you don't let nobody in. And you don't. And you and you and you you pretend to like the person, the people that you're with, but you really don't because you're really going out backbiting each other. And you're really taking each other. You're going out and you're, and it's all a one-up game. Hello, I'm sorry. And hello, am I preaching too good? Am I preaching running over your foot a little bit? I'm good, 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 because it's supposed to. Fellowship is about building each other up, encouraging each other, laying your lives down for each other, getting in, getting in into the mud with each other, and getting in there and doing the dirty work together, and working together as a team. Working together as a team and in unity, and bringing and bringing hope to our nation and our communities and our in our world. That's fellowship. The fellowship part. We've got to stick with fellowship. We've lost sight of fellowship. This secular mentality has, has infiltrated the church to the point 
where it's almost shriveled away the presence of God. We've got to get rid of that. It, it's, got, it's got to go. It's a cancer. We have to have, we've, we must be contending for a, move, for a move of God, for an encounter with God. I'm serious. I mean, people want to get, I mean, I've had people right now that are bad-mouthing me for what I'm preaching. I could care less. Take notes, bud. Take notes, Sister Rip Raff. And Brother Jick Jack, because it ain't going to happen because the preacher feel good ain't here. Dr. Feelgood's not in the house. Sorry. I mean, we've got to come back. The, 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 he allowed, and, and the, the Bible says Paul was blinded. He was spiritually, he was blinded physically. He couldn't see. That's because the, the power of God was so great and he had to wash everything out because he had to re, re, reset Paul's sight. He had to reset Paul's vision because what we see gets burned in our, in our brain, in the image in our brain. He had to blind Paul to the point where he forgot what, he, how, what it looks like to murder somebody, to get that out of their mind, that, that mindset, and that, so he wouldn't, that, that those urges wouldn't come back. That Paul was totally delivered of that. He was totally delivered of a murderous spirit. He was totally delivered of everything. And totally transformed by the, by the power of God. That po same power of God can transform you. You can win souls. You can pre pray for the sick. Um, heal the, pray for healing for the brokenhearted. Stuff like that. Have signs, wonders, and miracles following you. I mean, church isn't just to go there and just sit at the pew and that's it. We get saved and that's it. Get saved and that's it. That's just that's all there is to it. We just gotta sit and we just gotta sit down. You know, let's not try to bring any. Let's not try to encourage other people to bring other people into the kingdom of God. Or let's not go pray for other people or not. I'm on a prayer list. I'm praying for people nonstop. I'm an intercessor at my church. I'm nonstop praying for everybody. Every time that email comes up, I'm like, I'm right in action. I jump right to action. I said, Lord Jesus Christ, we come in your name in one accord, and we speak healing over so-and-so. We speak deliverance over so-and-so. Lord Jesus, let your will be done in this situation. Father God, I speak life into that body, that person that's laying there lifeless. I speak healing in their name. Speak, you got to speak the speak encounter of God over something. Just do it. I mean, if somebody's got like a kidney that's going out, you speak life into it. God told, God gave us the ability. That what you call from, if you do in my name, I shall hear from heaven and I shall back it. I shall hear from heaven and I shall, and I am in the midst. Whatever you call, whatever you, whatever you call, command, speak on this earth, I shall back it. I, I mean, the God shall back it. He's going to back you 100%. But you can't throw off the encounter with God. Paul had, to, Paul had to have an encounter with God because he was murdering people. He was a mean person. That meanness, that, that, that murder spirit, God had to blind him so it could change, re, totally reset his mind. To reset, to reset everything he ever saw. 
so he can do what he's doing for God with a clear conscience. I'm like, I, I speak God to blind people. Seriously. You're out there bad-mouthing a preacher. You're out there bad-mouthing bad a pastor or a person that's preaching on a move of God. I speak blindness over you. I speak for the Lord Jesus Christ to blind you. The Lord to blind you. Blind you where you can't, where you forget what it's like to slander another minister. I speak, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say permanently blind you, like be like, walk around like Stevie Wonder. But if he has to, you see, so if I see a bunch of people walking around like Stevie Wonder, I know God did something. I mean, we've got to, we've got to speak. We've got we've got. There's something that has to happen. There has to be an encounter with God. And we and when once we have that encounter with God, we have to stay in that place with God. No more strife, no more division. I mean, there's so much division in in in, in society. It's unreal. I mean. I don't know how a born-again believer can cause division with ha to have division in his heart. That only tells me that they're serving two masters. One man, one must not serve two masters. You either hate one or love the other. And that's not even talking about money either. Let's talk about the issues of the heart. How you feel, how you look towards other people. How you react towards people. If somebody's doing something and they're and they're and they're purposely going against God and and you have somebody that you're fellowshipping with that you have in contact with and you're in there and they're totally going against everything God says and they're perverting the word of God and they're to, and they're out there mocking God, cut that person off. It's a bad branch. A bad branch will kill a tree. One it takes one bad branch to kill an entire oak tree. Because it starts to drain all the sap out where that branch is dead and it dries the sap and it's trying to draw it out and it just and eventually the whole tree withers away. So there's nothing left. Cut it off. Prune it. Prune that bush. Get away get, get all the bad pe the people with bad fruit in their life. Cut, cut them cut it all off. The Bible says don't even eat with somebody who Who's not even in fellowship with God? Who's, 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 who demands to have a mindset like an, of an unbeliever? Who has a, a mentality, a reprobate, a reprobate mind? The Bible says, "Don't even eat with them." I mean, I've had to cut friends off myself. Well, I'm gonna get going, folks. I love you. Jesus loves you. This is this is the, the, I'm running out of time here. This is a production of Saxbury International Revival Ministries. For more information, go to my go to revivalistjfs3 at gmail.com. God bless you and have a great day.